Welcome to the Dan and Kimberly Podcast. Guess what, Kimberly? What's that, Dan? We might need to wait four or five seconds for your recording to actually record. <laughs> I forgot about that. In a while. <laughs> this, is, this is the lesson I learned from technology. But it's been good. We haven't actually caught up in like a little bit. I've been sick and then I was a little bit scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we've d- we've done our preamble where we caught up on life, the universe, and everything. Mm-hmm. Never gets recorded, even though we could make the greatest hits of us just being like, life's fun. Life's <laughs> weird. Life's stressful. <laughs> Life is fantastically interesting. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, which is, I mean, a good state to be in, I think. Uh-huh. So um, I'm Kimberly Joy. And I'm Dan Fay. And today we were going to talk about mastery. Is that correct? Yep. Dan's reading a book. So he's going to teach me a thing and I'm just going to bounce around with this idea with him. Yeah. So I got, I got a little bit of feedback in my life. What would have been like a couple months ago now, which was essentially like, you're really good at like wanting to grapple on divisions or understand culture or, you know, set people up to be autonomous and work on what they want so they can like find joy and all those things. That wasn't the exact language you used, but I'm translating into Danish. This is what and, you heard. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, but the thing I tend to need to, you know, nudge and help you out with is like narrowing down to want to get like mastery on like a skill set. in this case, like programming. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, in the polarity of my life and the changes I've gone through to have someone actually say to me, you know, the person you used to be before that was only focused on like skill. Cause that's where you got like all your self-worth. Well, you're like really divorced from that right now. You're like, you went way to the other side of everything. <laughs> where it's just like, I like looking at the future and telling people to go get their future. And I like just seeing people being free, man. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I heard. So the pendulum swung a little far is what he was saying. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so my literal question to him after we talked was like, do you have like a book to recommend to me that I could read about mastery? Cause like sometimes when I need to like, um, this goes back to, we've had podcasts on before, but like if you can't necessarily find a mentor in an area, sometimes like books are good. Um, or what, listening to other podcasts or like trying to find that thing for me, books are this like slow meditative process that actually allows me to like chew on a new idea. Or maybe an old idea, but like with someone else's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he didn't really have any like recommendations on mastery. Uh, but I apparently had a book on mastery in my Kindle wish list all along. <laughs> I was um, just waiting for you to want it. And it's like literally just called mastery. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't search in my Kindle for something on mastery. And then oh, I'm look. like, oh, there it is. And it was like <laughs> a year or two before. That's um funny. And we'll put the, we'll put a link to the book in the notes, but the thing that like blew me away when I started, so I was in this like really ravenous mood. I was talking to you pre-podcast, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's put me in this state where um, I'm like willing and allowing myself to like search for that yellow brick road again. Um, Cause I really love that. So the way I articulate it, I've done it before on the podcast. It's like, I've had moments in my life where like, it feels like the puzzle pieces in front of me are just like clicking together naturally. And all I need to do is like have the energy and the drive to like follow it. Um, and, like and synchronicity. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so after that conversation, I had another one of those moments in my life that I just decided to kind of like surrender to, which was just like, you need to figure this out. You need to learn more about this. And like, spoilers, how many people from work actually listen to this? Uh, no one. Uh, I spent like half the day, more than half the day, like just reading this book. Because like my, my brain was just like, like, just like you need to figure this out or you're just going to be distracted for like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up getting about like a third through, maybe half through, like just that day. J- just like a- after that meeting, I just sat down. And I'm just like, oh, this is actually really good. But the thing about it that captured me off the bat is... Um, and I pasted you some paragraphs about this when I was like first getting into it, but like the way he grapples with and understands mastery feels like something I've either been trying to articulate or have literally been articulating for like the last like year, year and a half. Um, and the line that really stood out is that when he was trying to not trying, when he was defining what mastery meant to him, um, the way he articulated was that, um, Children, when they're growing up, have this, like, unbounding potential for imagination and innovation and just, like, play and engagement and just being excited with what they decide to do. Um, and as you become an adult, you kind of, like, some of that, like, burns out and fizzles out and, like, a lot of that innovation and imagination, like, dries up. Uh, and his definition of mastery was that a master is a person who has worked his way through his life in such a way that he, he refines that childlike wonder and that creativity and that imagination and adds to it the wisdom and experience that he's garnered through his life. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, I've been talking about pursuing childlike wonder as a life objective for like a while now. And I didn't realize other people were also saying the same thing. Right. Um, and so it was like pretty life affirming uh, in that I was like, oh, shit, I'm not <laughs> I'm not just like this weirdo that's just like, man, I'd love to, you know, see the world more with like a child's eyes and be more excited about things and mm-hmm. kind of like tap into that as like a midlife goal mm-hmm. um, so that I can like use that energy and for for other things and just have like a, a, what I see is like maybe a little bit like healthier, more like a exciting worldview. Um, and so to have him like articulated as being like, yeah, the road to mastery is like refinding that, like going through an apprenticeship and like finding where those passions lie. And then like, like digging into that well and finding the right people to help you out. So that eventually you end up in a place where you can both be coupled with the wonder in the world and how amazing it all is with those eyes, mm-hmm. but also all the experience and, um, like nuance of an adult. Got it. Um, and so, yeah, some, some of the, so like your focus has been fragmented for a while. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. So it's, uh, I, you're right. I have been feeling a little bit that way. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of um, maybe a substitute because you don't have the focus of mastery to kind of get a little bit of that childlike wonder and little hits in these little pockets because you don't have that thing pulling you forward. So, because there is like a honeymoon period when you're like picking up a new skill or a new idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, For us and, anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that can be pretty seductive. And it does seem like I've been, I don't think it's been like a crutch necessarily because it's still been like learning a different set of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading and 
engaging with material on a topic like mastery has helped me realize that like there is definite definitive value in like finding something you're driven towards getting really, really good at Mm -hmm. and putting more than just that honeymoon phase into it. Like getting into the phase where like you kind it's kind of a mixed bag. Like there are areas of it that you really love and there's areas that you know, they're just hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of continuing to cut your teeth to get to the other side to feel essentially like competent. Yeah. I was going to say the competency model comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that ended up being interesting. Cause like in the first couple of pages, I'm just like, ah, he's going to say that you focus on one thing forever and you grind it out and then you get good <laughs> at it. And the thing that also kind of kept me on this ride of this book was that he didn't end up saying that. Mm-hmm. Like his, his actual stance is like closer in tune to what we've been painting as a worldview on like this podcast, actually, which is like, you should pick up things that in the moment you feel are going to be really, really useful to you. You should, uh, but you shouldn't do it willy nilly, right? Like you should pick them up and you should really engage with them and learn them and get as squeeze as much value as you can out of them and construct maybe a new person in your inner circle or different people or put yourself in a different community or environment to like really just like soak it in. Maybe even like go through an apprenticeship to like find a mentor and like chat with them and like siphon their knowledge and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, But as soon as you feel that you've like reached a point where that is the level of knowledge and experience you wanted to get in that, um, instead of just being like, well, I picked it. So this is my road forever. You know, if I don't do this, I'll have nothing. Let me climb on the cross. Right. Instead, (laughs) whatever summit you're at, Uh look around through. So what the kids he's trying to make is like for your entire life, keep your eyes and ears open. And, and when you reach summits where like, you don't really feel the pull in the drive and not because you're being lazy and not because it's going to be hard work, but you just like, it's, you're kind of apathetic to like further experience in that. Uh, keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities that you are excited about and attempt to pivot in such a way that you utilize, you get to learn the new thing and draw in as much as you can of your previous experience. Cause he, he advocates for living your life and like chopping yourself into a smaller and smaller niche of like knowledge that only you could have learned and only you can apply. Um, so that you end up like essentially bringing your speciality to the world. So um, it's a way of almost chaining together masteries, chaining together summits as they right. interest you and bringing them toward a goal that might not be obvious from the beginning, but you're continuing to explore and find without completely dumping what you've already learned and picking up something else. Right. Oh, so okay. the example in the book that I enjoy the most that I think is most illustrative is, um, there was this woman, um, and she started off her life. I think she was in Japan or something. And like, so she had a whole bunch of like really boring, regular cultural opportunities to do, but she didn't want to do that. So she ended up like training really hard and ended up falling in love with a bunch of sports because when she was going to school, she realized that she just really loved sporting. Um, and so she tried out a whole bunch of things and she fell in love with tennis. Mm-hmm. So she pushed herself really hard in tennis to get like really, really good. And she was going to go pro, but then, um, she got injured 
uh, which is essentially like stubbed short her potential of like ever doing anything professionally. Mm-hmm. But at that time, while she was still enjoying doing the physical stuff, she wanted to learn more about, so when she got her scholarship to university, she wanted to learn more about the physiology of the body. So she went into biology so that she could understand like the kinesthetics as well as playing tennis. And then when she got injured, she ended up transferring from biology to engineering. Um, and she took the synthesis of her kinesthetic knowledge, the, um, the actual tennis playing knowledge to found a lot of the foundations of modern day robotics Mm -hmm. because she had a good understanding of how limbs and stuff works in humans. And so she started to apply it in engineering and it gave her like this interesting perspective that a lot of the other engineers didn't have because she actually knew like how arms articulate. Uh, And so she was able to like find uh, like a confluence of niches um, that were built upon her life and were like kind of circumstantial, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's not like she was, it's not like she was born, she grew up and she's like, man, I really want to build a robot. Mm-hmm. In fact, she was like, man, I'm just madly in love with tennis. But she, but as she grew up and as opportunities presented themselves and she knew that she wanted to learn more. So it's like mastery compound upon mastery, right? Like she, she learned the physical know-how of tennis, but then she's like, how does that actually work? And so she went into biology. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how would that be, you know, applied to something more modern in technology? And so all of her knowledge kind of like compounds in this interesting way. And that's like a really, not just an attractive thought. It's, it's not a way I've ever looked at my life before. Um, because I guess looking at like a traditional career path, like I'm a programmer. So it's like, you just put more and more years in and you become more and more, you know, senior and make more and more money. Or maybe you become a consultant or, you know, you do all these things where the road in front of you was like a natural consequence of gaining more and more experience in like a very specific thing. But as you and me have I mean, as it should be obvious through doing this podcast, like that hasn't been um, the way we tend to approach the world because we like to like pick stuff up and put stuff down and just like do this entire dance. I guess that's my point is that like the, the world of the like narrow road has always kind of like scared me because I like to eventually like try something else. Like if I'm, if I feel like I'm being called to something, I like to be able to just like pick it up and, and just like try it out for a couple months and just like see if it was a fit or not. Um, but it wasn't obvious that like that was a healthy thing to do or like a way that could lead you to like a stable life. Right. Um, and so it was interesting just to be reading a book and like he, I thought he was going to go against the grain of my worldview. And it's not like he read, it's not like he totally reinforced everything I believe, mm-hmm. but it was just weird that he like lined up at all. Mm-hmm. Because part of the reason why I was shying away from mastery for the last handful of years and going in like the more freeform direction I was about personal growth is like, it seemed like this world was more willing to have people with different knowledge sets that was able to like equip people or tell stories or like enrich. Mm-hmm. And like the traditional 
working world just wants you to put like 40 years in at a company or like in an industry right. to, become, to have like a brand. Say no to everything else except this path, which always right. to me feels like a slow death. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, so him being like, no, a true master is one that like wisely attempts to follow his heart and his passions and, but, but weaves his life together mm-hmm. or their life together. It's very water-like. Yeah. And I I just had never heard anyone like approach that concept that way. And so now I'm like more willing to engage with it again. Nice. And and so I'm in a period of my life where I'm like, okay, what would that look like? Like what would my next, you know, turn of the water Mm -hmm. look like? Cause, cause I feel like I'm a little bit stagnant right now. Um, And I don't think doubling down on programming is, is necessarily going to be my solution. Uh, but I, I seem to have, because I was looking at the world that way, like I have had my ears plugged and my eyes closed for a while. And so standing where I am, it's not obvious to me where the opportunities were or where they could be. So I'm like in a period of my life where I'm like redredging up all of that to like see where the lay of the land actually is, mm-hmm. which is like pretty exciting, but also um, like uh, a little bit... Uh, not perfectly stable, right? Because right. it feels like you're. I'm on the, I'm on the, the having the chance for a transition. You've been invited to make a change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you? Can you conceptualize it, or is it still fragmented? Still, like it's still an idea that oh, I don't know how to make, pull this into reality yet. Well, so and I've been saying this for like last bajillion podcasts, but like one thing I know I'm really enjoying doing is this mm-hmm. like developing ideas, especially in a realm that I'm like really, that I really love, like empowering people and personal growth and just like people being people, but also working on themselves to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to me, like, so I have a pin in that, like it's, it's like a marker, right? It's like, okay. Like when I look at my life, like all the stuff I'm doing, I'm like doing a hot, cold, emotional gauge on them right now and just like calibrating into like what what things am i really excited about right now and what things am i neutral on and what things am i really not liking Mm -hmm. and so i'm still like cataloging that list because like my next goal would be like okay how do i take these two things and put them together or like i guess what i'm trying to do is because the other side of that i guess i need to decide how much experience i have in everything too and then just be like how do i take these places that I've, you know, put some of this time and energy into and how do I merge them with the thing I'm currently in love with or the things I'm currently in love with. Is that the, the first step that it's Robert Greene that wrote the book, right? Yes. Is that the first step that he kind of recommends is basically a cataloging, like hot, cold, figure out where your interests are, catalog where your skills are, see if there's any alignment, like a Venn diagram kind of a thing. So yeah, most of the stories um, not quite that analytical. Go figure. I made it analytical. So, uh, no, no. <laughs> like he's just more, so uh, he, um, uh, most of the book is like autobiographical of like uh-huh. these other people from history. Um, and so the way he tells those stories isn't always so like indicative of like an instruction set. Got it. Um, so the way I read most of the stories is like people found the one thing they were in love with and then they got to a point where it was like obvious to them that 
they had reached like whatever summit they were aiming to reach. They had learned what they wanted to learn from their mentor. And so, and that, but the catalyst for that was usually they were presented with an opportunity. They just were. Got it. Um, and so they were willing to take it. So what he was kind of advocating for was like, um, it's okay to follow the current of your life towards the next big thing or this like wild dream you never thought was possible. So the book Um, isn't providing a map so much as it's providing permission to make your own map. Yeah. That's how I'm reading it. Okay. Which is like, and and I like that a little bit more hands-off stance. Like he does have some really concrete stuff when he gets in the middle of the book, he like has chapters like on mentorship, like what a good mentor is, what a good mentor is like and how to best utilize a mentor. And he's, he's like pretty prescriptive. This is more like a field guide. This is what a hippo looks like. This is what a good path looks like. Yeah. This is a sand pit. This is what they look like. Here's some warning signs. But it's not actually telling you, here's the three steps to find your passion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, I like it. He, 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 he has this like nice hands-off stance of just being like, you need to figure out, like, what, has, what does he actually call it? He calls it like your life mission or your life goal or your life he doesn't say life purpose. It's like he has a italic phrase that he uses, which is actually like part of like chapter one and two mm-hmm. about like slow down and give yourself enough permission to figure out like from this vantage point, what you believe you're here to do. Here as on, in on the planet. Yes. Um, because he's, he, he's a, he's my type of, he's my type of people, people. So he's, <laughs> He, he's a, he's an individualist. So he, uh-huh. and we had this conversation like when I was first reading, I think it was pre-podcast a mm-hmm. few podcasts ago, uh, because you don't necessarily totally agree. And I already know this, but like he, <laughs> he's an individualist where he's like, everyone is a hundred percent unique and you need to figure out where that unique person fits in the world to make it awesome mm-hmm. or so that they feel awesome. He's not necessarily like a utilitarian of like, you need to provide the most good, right? but he is like as a unique person, and with the freedom we have today with the internet and being able to travel anywhere you want and like all the things he's like, you've never been in a better position to position yourself as a unique individual in the perfect spot in the world. That is like, just lights your world on fire, mm-hmm. which is like kind of an empowering thought, regardless if that's like totally feasible or not the permission to dream and think about the world and, and the road of your life like that has been, has like woke me up again in that way. That's good. Um, it hasn't been like, like, it's also maybe a little bit uncertain, right? Cause, cause it's, it is a wider road now of just like figure it out and then go and take risks. I'm just like, Oh, I was trying to put the next five to 10 years into this career. So it, um, what's more important to you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Certainty <laughs> or life purpose. You kind of have to decide, I think. Yeah. Not that it's an absolute, you know, this is the coin, but it seems like that's what you're grappling with right now. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm grappling with. So for our listeners, would you just encourage them to maybe read the book and perhaps embrace some uncertainty to have a better life overall? So what I realized, what this mainly opened my eyes for, I would definitely, okay. So like, I, it's a very specific recommendation. I think you would need to be dwelling on a similar idea to be able to like get through the beginning of the book. Yeah. Cause he's not like a super like popularist writer. Like it's not, it's not a super heavy read, but it's not, Pop he's not like fluffy. welcoming you in with a bunch of anecdotes right off the bat or whatever. 
Um, it's well written, but mm-hmm. to get the most out of it, I think I would expect the person to pick it up to be in a space where they're trying to figure out like, what does it mean to be top of my game and what I'm doing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause even if you walked in like that, which I think is like a pretty low bar for someone who's like already on a path, the, the sneaky thing as it gets further ahead, right. Is that he gives you an invitation to look at your life broader and just be like, I know you want to be, you know, top salesman ever that existed or top programmer in North America. But, um, but is that really like what you're madly in love with doing right now? Is that really like what your purpose here is? Um, and I think that would, so for the type of person in that space, um, I think it would definitely be a worthy thing to do, but in general, like what it really opened my eyes to was just like, cause he, he is really writing it from a pretty modern perspective. So it, it was a, it was kind of like an interesting gratitude exercise um, to realize just how much we have access to mm-hmm. like this podcast or the hundred other podcasts you may be listening to, or you can just enroll in online classes and start going to school or, you can just spend the next five hours reading about your area of interest in on Wikipedia and just like start stoking up some of that imagination. Like we've never had access to like more. And I I know, so this is where I get into dead language territory. So this might actually lose some impact, but like we actually really truly have never had access to so much information at at our fingertips to just like do and learn whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like freed me up again to be like, okay, I can read whatever I want, Mm -hmm. literally whatever I want. And so it's like, why am I not like, what is calling to me that I'm not listening to? It put me in this like space to be more receptive to, to like my heart and my passion, which is something apparently I need to do as well. I I took for granted that it's like, I'll figure it out. I'm really good at seeing opportunities. Uh I'm, I'm pretty hedonistic. I'll just go where, where I feel interested, Mm -hmm. but I, but this reminded me, like, kind of, like, jolted me <laughs> back into realizing, like, oh, no, like, you do get in a pattern. Yes. And it it just starts to feel like life. Yeah. Um, And then I start to grind it out again, right? And that might be, like, just a semi-Dan thing. But, like, I do get in a phase where I'm just, like, I'm not enjoying any of this, but this is the grind. This is... Right, right. So... The pattern I'm hearing, and I think it's just because I'm currently mentally obsessed with seeing this pattern, Yeah, is that this book is encouraging individuals to stop playing fixed games, to stop playing finite games. I'm going to be the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to okay. one thing. And to embrace life as an infinite game where the goal is to just play at the top of your game, whatever it is you're doing, and just string them all together and just to play. Because you, there is totally. no winning life, really. Right. There's no winning a career. There's no winning at personal growth. There's just playing. Are you playing or are you not? And maybe that's part of the uh, the, the disfocused piece is because I think society, at least first world countries, because we're so capitalist, we like to go winning, losing, going up, going down. It's just, it's just a sum of events, right? (laughs) Right. You add them all together that year. Did you have a good year or a bad year? (laughs) How was last quarter? I don't know. Let's look at the graph. Let's create a pie chart. Let's do this. Well, and then you don't think like, Oh, I don't do that in my life. That's just a business thing. But like, kind of, right? 
I think, I think it's so ingrained in our culture that we don't even realize that we do it. I would agree with that. Am I being a good parent? You know, you're weighing it in your head. You've got your little scales. I think we all do. It's my health. And I think what I'm hearing, the understory of this book mastery is encouraging people to embrace life holistically as this one giant journey where you don't have to have one fixed end goal you get to kind of ride the twists and turns and they don't mean failure. She didn't stop playing tennis and then she was horrifically depressed for the rest of her life and, you know, whatever. She had a debilitating thing that could have made her depressed, but because she seemed to naturally perhaps have this infinite mindset, which Simon Sedek says is very typical of Eastern countries. um, Okay. uh, Not fixed mindsets. She just went to the next, okay, then I'm going to do this other thing and it's going to be fantastic. And she just followed where life went, regardless of the obstacles in her path. She was playing at the top of her game. And in the end, what did she create? Robotics. Robotics. Yeah. So I like this. It's more organic. Actually, in the way you phrase that, because that that actually, that makes tons and tons of sense to me because you, you were using the phrase like, to continue to engage and keep playing, right? Mm-hmm. And and if the goal is to, if, if like the end state of mastery is having a bunch of that like childlike wonder and excitement, then s- instead of like a, a very adult thing to do is like look at a tiny compartment, mm-hmm. right? And be like, was this a good thing? Was the last day good or bad? Let's like tally the scores. Let's figure it out. Did I have a good summer or a bad summer? Um, whereas like, Kids are just stoked that it's summer <laughs> and, and, they, and they try to get like the most out of it they can. Right. Squeeze in as many sleepovers and campfires and right. Greek trips as possible. But not so that at the end of the summer, they can count them all up and be like, Oh, this was a better summer than last summer. We had 17 of those instead of 15. <laughs> it's just like, they're, they're just like going for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if it is true that like tapping back into that, just like, love for life and excitement for what you're doing. It makes sense that it would be easier, maybe only possible to do that. If you like shifted back into a state where you saw things more holistically, like more, more infinite, more just like building one thing along another. Cause then you can enjoy the entire journey. Like then you don't have to turn it off anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, well I'm in the, I'm in the engineer part of my life now. So I have to act like this. And then I'm in this side and I'm like, well, excited about that part. And then I, I'm in this part instead. It's just like, I'm on the road. Yeah. I'm on the road. And I'm integrating all the things from my past and I'm bringing them forward. Whatever's useful. And I'm still excited about let's go. I've got all these tools. Right. I like this. I was very skeptical when you told me you were reading this book. I was like, mastery are you really going to whittle yourself down to one thing right, i'm not sure this is a good plan <laughs> and well that's sometimes why um that's sometimes why i do follow my muse mm-hmm. so like because when i had that one-on-one with my manager and then he talked about it i i walked out of that room just like feeling a little bit gross because i'm just like i'm not pursuing that for a reason like uh-huh. <laughs> it's gonna drag me back down this like this, this road of habits and mindset that I know uh, takes me a while to get out of. And also like, I don't have healthy strategies rather right now, mm-hmm. like to somehow like grind it out on like a narrow point. Uh, I just, I don't know if I'm really, you know, set out as a human to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I was feeling drawn towards it. Just like, okay, we'll just dive into a book, just figure it out. And then I found the book and it was that poll that like got me through the title, got me, got me through the intro and got me to that paragraph at the end of chapter one, mm-hmm. where he quite literally stated my current worldview. It's awesome. Like, and so that's why I was so excited to paste you that paragraph. Mm-hmm. Why I did? Because I like, I read it and I'm just like, you took the words out of my, I've been saying this for years. I can't believe you said it. And so he kind of like, he had my attention then. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just like, okay, you're approaching this subject the way my brain also synthesized it without you. Mm-hmm. Like we both met there. And so I was willing to give the book more leverage or like leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out like we don't totally 100% agree. Like it's rare that you like 100% agree with the book, but like, um, but there was way more of it that I'm just like, I see you've really thought about this. Like this thing that I haven't really thought about because I've been like skittish to like go back in. You've took a worldview similar to mine, quite similar mm-hmm. and like synthesized this concept through it. And so it was much, much more palatable. Very cool. Um, well, so I'm, I'm really, really grateful. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You just added another amazing book to my list. <laughs> hey, any, anything I could do. <laughs> okay. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I think that sums it up pretty good. It, uh, this is an interesting podcast episode for me. Cause like it's, it's getting back into that tone of like stuff we're currently working on. Well, it's um, because we're embracing life and we're living it right now. Yeah, well, we don't know what we're doing. And <laughs> and I like these actually because a it's uh-huh. easier for me to bring energy to this because uh-huh. it's like what's currently jiggling around in my mind. Uh-huh. Um, but it is slightly harder for me to like land the episode on a moral because, and I think that's the nature of talking about something when you're in the process of it mm-hmm. is like I don't currently have like a like the bow on it like and here's how I took this information and turned it into like a life change or not. And, and here's why I put it down and decided to take a couple of years to do this instead. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I don't have a, which makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I have like a landing pad. I don't um, think we need to be uncomfortable. Cause I actually really trust the people listening to use this as they see fit. So bow or no, here's, <laughs> cool. here's some information and I trust you with it. You got your life and you're doing the things that make sense for you. Yeah. I, I guess I guess I will close then from my spewing <laughs> about the book to just say like, um, it definitely gave me a different way of looking at the idea of getting really, really good at things mm-hmm. and, and the concept of passion and what it means to be alive, what it means to get good at just skills or, and like ideas. Um, and so maybe it could open other people's eyes to that as well. Um, if you're oil and water the way Dan and I were about mastery, because yeah. now I'm really curious, maybe you can uh, read the book with me and email me about your reactions as I yeah. stumble through this one in the dark too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what life's about, taking risks, right? Sort of, maybe. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> yes. And then, and then learning. Two bookworms talking about taking risks. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, we're going to open a new book. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the biggest risk of all. <sighs> Got my heart rate up opening that book. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
good times. Well, we'll see our fellow bookworms perhaps next week. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks. Uh, bye. All right, bye. Yes. Uh...